This is Biz Radio host, Joanna Patrice Haggerty. I am the founder of JPH Creative Biz and soon to launch Art Hero, a workforce development organization. My mission is to support and galvanize artists and creative entrepreneurs because art heals and connects. I believe that by activating creativity, we synthesize change. Come connect with me on Instagram at JPH Creative Biz. Do you know that 70% of women in the United States wear a size 14 or larger? Despite this, many top brands don't carry plus size options. And if they do, they charge premium prices. At More to Love, we believe everybody deserves affordable and fashionable clothing. That is why we carry new and gently used plus size clothing for a fraction of the original price. We are located at 606 New Leicester Highway behind Wynn's Diner beside the Sonnet. This is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty Show, where I invite the most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners to share their experiences, processes, practical tips, and inspirations. Today with me is Kent Spillman. Kent has been a drummer and percussionist for over 24 years. He began playing professional gigs with a jazz quartet in the Greensboro area by the age of 16. He studied under Hank Dempsey, who was a former touring drummer for Dizzy Gillespie. He then studied percussion at Appalachian State University. After graduation, Kent found himself in Asheville, North Carolina, which became his home for the next 12 years, other than one year exploring Nashville, Tennessee. And that time, Kent toured and recorded all over the East Coast with varying bands, most notably playing with Reese Winans, organ for Stevie Ray Vaughan, Joey Williams, who's the guitarist for Blind Boys of Alabama, a five-time Grammy winner, and Wendell Mobley, songwriter for Rascal Flatts. He has also been a notable teacher in the area, having a position at the iconic Musicians Workshop in Asheville for over six years. Currently, Kent has been on an extended sabbatical in the Piedmont of North Carolina since the pandemic begun, and he's preparing for the time soon will be safe for the entertainment industry to return in full force. Today, I brought Kent on to talk about his life as a creative professional, but first, Kent, thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you very much. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It is such a pleasure. You and I have had a very long-standing relationship. Like I said, almost a decade, I was telling Matt before we got on. And it's such a pleasure to be able to have you on the radio show and tell a little bit about your story, because I think it's fascinating. Oh, well, thank you very much. Again, it's, uh, <laughs> it's great to be a part of this, Joanna. Yay. Well, what I usually like to do, especially for those who haven't really got to unpack their stories, like, I love to go way back. Like, let's get into... Kent as a little kid, and what was being a creative like for you at that young? Okay, I don't have a couch to lay down on, but <laughs> I guess we can get into the deep stuff. So, yes, uh, my childhood. Are you asking what what got me what got me on this path? Yeah, what inspired you to get into music, and how did that look for you? Well, um, my granddad is actually uh, was he passed away, um, and what he was a musician. He was a country singer, but. I wouldn't say that that was where I, I may have gotten maybe some some genetic in, inclination towards this, but mm-hmm. I really just came into it in my own way, um, which is which is very much uh, if you know anything about me, it's very much me. <laughs> but, um, literally one day, um, hadn't hadn't thought about playing music for real in any particular way, and then. When I was 13, uh, it sort of zapped me like a lightning bolt one day and just 
perked up and said, I need to play the drums for the rest of my life. And that was it. I, I sort of, uh, I wish I had a, a more detailed story, but it was, uh, it was, it felt like divine intervention. I mean, I don't know sometimes if you need a whole lot more to a story when, you know, the universe aligns and tells you your truth, right? Yeah, well, it felt like someone hit me with a brick. I mean, it was like, you're playing music, so. And was there any creativity for you before? Obviously, you are a creative individual. You look at life uniquely. My my mom is also, she was, um, she was a pretty good artist, but never took it real seriously, but um, it definitely got me doodling and drawing early, um, never to any sort of skill level, but I always was interested in, um, imagining things. And, um, I was, I was always very creative in, in coming up with, um, some of my own little comic book characters or whatever. I would doodle them out and stuff like that. It, I just always had a, 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 a need to use my imagination in my life as, as a young child. But before you were 13, you hadn't had much experience with the drums? Uh, zero experience with the drums, really. Um, I mean, my parents had gotten my older brother a guitar. They had asked at one point, apparently, as the story goes, um, if I would like to take some sort of music lesson. And I said no. <laughs> and, of course, you can't get me to do anything until I want to do it. Until so. you want to. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> my parents were like, well, you want to do this? You want to do this? No, no, no. And then one day it wasn't like, um, you know, I want to play guitar like, like my older brother. No, it was just, I got to go play the drums. And as soon as possible, it became a ferocious need. And I don't know why drums, but that, that has been very clear. Um, Percussion is my voice. Percussion is my soul. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's every aspect of my life, top to bottom. Um, I think, thinking rhythms (laughs) so powerful and exciting and i definitely want to unpack that a little bit more kind of as that has evolved in your life and career but we have to talk a little bit more about your grandpa right i know he wasn't a big influence when you were growing up because you guys didn't have him around much but he was a pretty big time musician wasn't he he uh he got um i think one of his top um top charting songs I think it got to 30 on the country billboards. Um, I mean, this is the time. Yeah. What time of, of the he, era? He played in sort of the the 60s through the 70s was sort of his music time. And, and he, got, uh, he got pretty big. He was a coast-to-coast touring uh, professional country music singer. Um, his name was George Kent. And he would go on a lot of... Um, opening tours you know he he went on tour with johnny cash for a really long time as his opening band technically it was a closer the way they used to do it johnny cash would play the big show and then my granddad would would play the the dance afterwards you know uh, and this is just like painting the picture for anyone who's listening like these are the eras of what are they called again the nudie suits with these really oh yeah boys and yeah um everybody was was very dapper back then um he would tell me he knew Willie Nelson before he was an outlaw and showed me pictures of um, them hanging out in just glittery suits and just all, all just done up as, as a done up country musician could go. I love it. I think it's just so powerful, again, to kind of realize that even though you grew up kind of with parents who are more in the medical industry and things like that, that music and arts are definitely in your blood and clearly struck you like a lightning bolt, right? Yeah, I think I was, I was destined to do it. 
Well, let's <laughs> let's kind of unpack a little bit more. You said you had a lot of experiences starting early on. So 13 is when the lightning bolt hit. By 16, you're starting to play in a jazz quartet. You're studying under Hank Dempsey. Like, just tell me what some of that experience has been like. Well, um, I just remember always having a drive. I just... it. Didn't always have a goal. I just knew I needed to go forward. And, um, you know, I got my first ranky little kit, and <laughs> my parents shoved me in the basement and said, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drums are loud. We get it. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and they were tolerant. And um, I, I just, you know, they, you know, as, as parents do, they look for, are you, are, is this kid going to be interested in this? Is he going to keep this going? You know, so. My parents were reluctant to, um, you know, they were watching for, for me to make the next step. And I just kept going and going and going. And they were like, okay, well, we'll get them lessons. And then I hopped right in lessons and, and, and just, I, I just wanted to, I wanted to, to be able to feel how it is to make the music I was listening to at the time. And, mm-hmm. and I would say back then was um, my era was sort of the, the early grunge stuff when I like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess that was mid to late '90s. So there was, you know, Chili Peppers was still going, Smashing Pumpkins. I think my first record that I ever bought was Green Day's Dookie. So, nice. uh, and it just the power of the drums. I just, I just, I was very drawn to it. I was very drawn to the the effect the drums had on people. Uh, the effect they they made you feel. They made you rumble. They made you move. You you weren't going to be you know, you weren't going to be peacefully let down to sleep with someone <laughs> playing the drums. I was, I'm, I'm a bold person. I, I like the, 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 the power, the excitement of the drums. And it just has always kept me going. And, and eventually I found myself to where um, I could get money for doing this. And I said, okay, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I remember <laughs> the first time anybody handed me uh, a check for playing music it was it was like the sky opened up and you just hear the choir singing and the rays of sunshine. I was like, I can do this for the rest of my life, making money. And then I was sold. I was sold down there. I was good to go with that arrangement. And, and I, I think that that idea that being able to be a creative professional, as you and I know, is traditionally not really discussed and unpacked. And so you are much like every other creative that sort of stumbles into realizing, wow, this can be a career and understanding that there is monetary transaction. There is expectation for you to learn your craft, right? You started with country and rock and then jazz and, you know, school classic music. Like you've really been able to expound your knowledge through learning, which gets you to the point that you should be making good money for your art. Right. And I know for you in particular, when you, you know, have spent most of this time in Asheville that you have over the last 12 years, that it has been both amazing and you've had wonderful experiences, but it's been a lot of hard work too, hasn't it? Sure. I think anybody in a freelance field, much less an artistic freelance field, um, is going to run into deep valleys and high peaks. You're going to have, you're going to have experiences that you've never even imagined. You're going to be meeting people and being allowed into locations and allowed to do certain things that are just, mind-blowingly cool and you're like mm-hmm. this is all because of my art i i'm here because of my craft and because of my art 
but at the same time, you know, there's, there's no, you know, what comes up must come down and there are real challenges and, and life difficulties that, that we as artistic uh, freelance people, whether you're a writer, a painter, do by commissions or uh, a freelance musician, it doesn't matter. You're, you're going to, you're going to feel the ups and downs. And I think that has been what I would define as becoming a professional in this field mm. is weathering the peaks and valleys because anybody can have a small amount of success, but a professional makes it, makes it their life. And, you know, for me, the career was never the goal. I just didn't want to do anything other than play the drums. Yeah. So if that was going to work, I needed to make it my profession. And then you go through, you do the, the ups and downs, you know, you're, 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 you know, a, a half packet of Ritz crackers in the cabinet is a feat. <laughs> um, you go through those and, and you just, you, you, you just, as long as you keep your goal focused on the pursuit of the craft and not the career, the you'll find people who, who believe in you, who take you places, who open doors for you. Um, you just gotta, you gotta be able to get up, after a fall real quick in this industry. And for me, what always kept me doing that, what goes back to that a very initial point where just like, it's this pure need to do this thing. Mm. And that's how you get through that. Having the emotional drive behind it makes those highs and lows tolerable. Not, not ideal, right? We're not certainly loving every time we're in the gutter or picking ourselves up and dusting ourselves off, but yeah, it makes it, more doable when you know you're really aligned. And interestingly enough, right before the pandemic hit, you were already kind of in this transition where the grind you were doing, which was mostly touring and coaching, I'm sorry, teaching drum lessons, was really at a point where you were living, but you were not thriving. And so you had kind of already made a decision to take the sabbatical, really get a little deeper. So what has the last year and a half or so looked like for you when you were already kind of deciding that and then coronavirus pandemic land hits? Right. So first of all, I want to say that I think um, more creatives should find a way to do this in their life and um, find a way to take a sabbatical because um, we're not robots and the creative arts are not, are not, you can't be squeezed out like a lemon. I mean, you need rejuvenation for to find new direction to mind to define um, to find new inspiration. So first of all, um, any creative person listening, if you're feeling burnt and stuck, take some time to figure out how to get uh, a, a small vacation anywhere up to a small vacation to a several month sabbatical to to take care of you, to take care of your craft, get everything in line. It, it's beneficial. It's really good to do. Yeah. Um, and you know, for me. I was ready to do something different, but I couldn't do it while juggling everything that I was doing and I couldn't see the path. Right. So I took a sabbatical. I was going to do it for a couple months and then the pandemic hit square in the middle of it. And, um, my plan changed, not completely, but, um, it's, uh, it made me reevaluate some things and take some time, more time than I had initially thought to, uh, devise a new plan. And that has kind of led me down some interesting paths. And uh, um, one of them being uh, moving everything, you know, moving all the business aspects of um, my professional 
career into the digital world, mm -hmm. especially the, the teaching world. Um, teaching lessons online is just so common now that people have a little bit more, um, they're a little bit more acceptable of taking lessons online. Music yeah, lessons. it's more vetted, it's more knowledgeable. And there's a lot more tools out nowadays yes. that make yeah. that so much more accessible. And you've worked for a long time. I mean, we haven't really even talked much about your teaching, but you've worked a long time on distilling this information and kind of creating your own teaching model, haven't you? Sure. And I, I love it to death. I taught <laughs> sort of, I would say unprofessionally for a while. I'd yeah. have a student or two here and there. When I was in Nashville, I did, um, we, we, I worked for a place that did basically nonprofit lessons for underprivileged kids in the Nashville area. Um, it was a great business model. So I had taught, but when I got my teaching position at uh, Musicians Workshop, I, I dug in. I enjoyed saying to someone else how much this one thing meant or how to, how to take this one thing and make this beautiful pattern with very simple ideas. And, and I developed a way, the, a way to talk and a way to talk to people and a way to encourage people to see what I see with the drums. And that's my biggest thing. I have this just drums are this shining, beautiful thing in my life. And you might not ever see that if someone didn't show you how it all worked. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And being able to break that down for anybody, yeah. right? What's your youngest student you've ever had? Five years old. Right. And then what's the oldest student you've ever had? 72. And, and again, for your model and method to work for each of those age groups or that whole spectrum, yep. and you've worked with underprivileged and people who have disabilities. Yep. I mean, that is just really, really powerful. And I just think it's really worth speaking to. I know that I've even taken a couple off the cuff, you know, casual lessons from you. And, and I don't I think have... you can be around me and not. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I, I just think it's really worth for anybody listening out there. If you're curious about rhythm, you're curious about music, and you've also maybe even not had the best experience trying to learn, this is a model and method I would really highly recommend you checking out. So just wanted to plug that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I have proprietary sheets. I'm, I'm developing it into, I would like to build it into a formal curriculum, um, maybe produce a book or a video or something like that uh, in the future. Uh, it's not there yet as I'm still developing as a teacher myself, but sure. you know, that's, that's the goal is to maybe have enough content to um, package for people. You know, my particular point of view, uh, I think, um, you know, just a way to deliver that, you know? Yeah. And, and again, bringing creativity to any age, any person, whether you want that to be your profession like you, or whether you just want to be more creative and have freedom and engage. Yeah. Yeah. And I really just wanted to hit, I know we're going to have to wrap up soon. And I definitely want you to be able to plug how people can check you out and get lessons. Yeah. But I also just wanted to mention a point that you made about this kind of mini retirement, the sabbatical idea our generation who lives in this gig economy, becoming entrepreneurs, working for ourselves, fighting for our livelihood and our lives equally, I really want to reiterate that Kent is so spot on in the fact that 
we should not wait to retire for us to take breaths and to live life and to be creative. So not only for those people who are living creative lives, should you take a break, but for those people who are working nine to five jobs and feeling burnt out, go get a hobby, go be creative, go take a vacation, go live your life in the process because we're in a whole do- new different world. And I just really love that you brought that up. So I just wanted yeah. to stamp that point, exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, life, life isn't about work. We do work because we need to do, we need to accomplish certain things, but just remember that you are alive and you're here to experience things and, um, you know, create a life worth living, create a life that you're, you know, we, we all, we're not all given the same deck of cards at the beginning, but we can all find what, what lights our soul up, what what makes this world bearable. We can all find that and we can all pursue that to whatever level or, you know, if it's just a small thing you do to keep your sanity or if it's something that helps provide income for you. But, but find a way to do that. But, you know, find a way to do it so that it takes care of you. And if, you know, and if that, even that means stepping back from that. So, yeah. you know, that the whole point of art is to express all of the wonderful things we experience as living beings. Mm, The highs and lows, man. I just feel like that is the perfect place to end this episode for today. Um, Kit, can you please let people know how can they find these lessons? How can they learn more about you? How can they connect if they themselves or someone else wants to learn? I made it super easy for you. Um, (laughs) uh, So all the information you want, as far as just how to get in touch with me and how to begin, you can go to my website at drummingwithkent.com. Drummingwithkent.com. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) But you'll get all the preliminary information and you'll get a way to reach out to me and I will have all the detailed information about how to go forward once you've contacted me. So that's very, it's a very straightforward website, easy to use. You shouldn't have a problem. And isn't your first lesson always free with you too? Yes, the first lesson is always free because you should you should feel good about your time spent with me just as much as um, I need you to be a client in my business, so to speak. You know, I want you to feel good in the interaction as well. So I love it. First, first lesson's free, and uh, the pricing is on my website after that. And um, anything else, you can just hit me up. I love it. Well, drumming with Kent check it out. I am so thankful to have had you here and to share a little bit about your story. I've really always been a huge fan of you and your work and and thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. And as always, this is the Joanna Patrice Haggerty show where we share tips and tools of our community's most innovative entrepreneurs, artists, and creative business owners. Thank you so much for tuning in and please connect by visiting bizradioashville.com or on Instagram at jphcreativebiz. I would love to hear your show suggestions or any questions you may have. And as always, stay creative. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.